Hey guys, it's Dr. J. And Apostle Sherman. And we are so excited that you have tuned in for this week's message. We pray that it blesses you and helps to transform your life and the direction that God has for you. Enjoy the message. Amen. Would you look at somebody real quick and tell them, I'm so happy to see you. Come on, look at somebody on the other side and say, I'm so happy to see you. Happy to I see love you. it. I love it. We're so excited to see you all here in the house of the Lord. Is this too far back? No, it's right on the Oh, thing. is it? That's where it's supposed to go. All right. Praise God. We are so happy to see somebody come and move these cords and let the Lord use you in the kingdom. I'm so happy. I got, a, I got a message that there were some people here from San Diego. You came all the way from San Diego. Would you stand up? Here they are right here. Would y'all give it up? People are coming. I said give it up. Those sad clap. Give it up for these folks all the way Diego from San Diego. Yes. What? It's happening on the lawn. And we're so happy that you're here. And uh, we're looking forward. All right. You got it? I think I got it. We know there. you got the strength. <laughs> I can't with you. We are so excited to see you in the house of the Lord. Who was here last week and enjoyed the message? I'm telling you, God spoke something amazing in our lives. We didn't even really get to finish it. So we're looking forward to being able to complete what the Lord said to us last week. Amen. I want you to get your Bibles. And I want you to go to Matthew chapter 12, verse 48. Matthew 12 and verse 48. While you're turning there, help me thank God for our family, Cherie Demby, leading us in worship tonight. I mean, what a gift to the body of Christ. We could do better than that. I know some of y'all trying to still catch your breath. Y'all ain't worked out in years. So I know that was a lot for you. Praise God. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 48. Uh, the Bible says this, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. We want to minister a message tonight entitled God's Family. God's Family. Everybody say God's Family. God's Family. Uh, we, we started last week with portion of this, and we're going to complete it today to help you to really grab a hold of the need and the importance of spiritual family. The functionality and the roles in a spiritual family are to strengthen long-lasting community and build what we're calling a forever family. We're in this series that I'm loving, I'm loving, I'm loving, called Let's Grow Old Together. And the idea is to really grab a hold of how God shows us and gives us the opportunity of finding family in unexpected places. Yeah, and so who was here last week? Woo-woo! All right, so you know last week um, we talked about being in the hood and the brotherhood, sisterhood. It's really the reference that we were making. And so sisters and brothers are necessary in God's family. And so just a little bit, back on the brotherhood sisterhood because he said we didn't finish um is this idea that brothers and sisters were made to thrive together however everything that god intended for excellence everything he intended for our thriving everything he intended for the greatest of efficiency is under attack by the enemy how many of you have siblings you got siblings. All right, you got at least one, right? You got a brother, sister, you got somebody out there. Keep your hand raised if you've ever fought with that sibling. So verbal, physical, I've done it all. Amen. All right, me and Charmaine used to fist fight. Amen. I know, I know, it's like a serious thing. Anyways, um, but usually those fights with your siblings, they come under some, some, you know, pretty similar categories. So you fight because you have a misunderstanding. Um, sometimes you fight with your siblings because of jealousy. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you fight with your siblings just because of pure malice and intention to hurt. So sometimes it's a misunderstanding, it's on an accident, but sometimes it's just on purpose. you like, I'm going to say this because I'm going to hit you yeah. where it hurts. Why? Because when you know somebody, you know how to let the devil use you to get 
them going. And so what we end up doing is we end up playing into the plan that has come to destroy those relationships rather than the plan that has come to build those relationships. The same thing. We have potential to have the same thing happen in our spiritual family. Right. Now, for whatever reason, people get to a spiritual family and they expect to never, never fight with their brother. They expect to never fight with their sister right. here in the, in the spiritual family or the church family. But the same you that fights with your sibling at home right. is the same you that you bring here. Full of hell, the oh. devil, and wickedness. What? Because what? We're all progressing together. Yes. And so when a group of imperfect people come together, you can never expect perfection. And so we talked about the idea of not letting the devil surprise us. Ephesians 4 and 31 talks about this very thing. And it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, yeah. tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God, not of each other. Because we like to talk about what somebody else did or who started it or where, the, where the, uh, the origin of it was. But it says in all things we are to imitate God. Why? Because we are beloved children and walk in love as Christ has loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. It literally gives us a warning of the strife that will try to come against the relationships that God has placed in our lives. It's so true. Did I ever tell you about the time when Diana put bleach in my drink? Yes. Where's she at? She really did. She tried to kill me. And, um, but anyway, I just wanted to share that. Anyway, so that's, that's my terrible. sister. I just wanted to share what happened. Oh my God. Anyway, but did you drink it? I drank a little bit of it and then oh I ran God. after her. It's <laughs> how that went. Um, but anyway, <laughs> listen, most families fight, but they don't break up. I'm going to say that again. Most families fight. Now yes. think about it. Some of y'all fight with your family members. You still go to you go to Thanksgiving dinner as dysfunctional. Talk to me. You go to Christmas out as dysfunctional, and you're looking at it like I want to kill that person across the table. But you don't break up. Why? There's usually a greater good. There's a bigger reason other than the trivial things that we're upset about. Yeah. Yep. And we immediately see that at that moment, the trivial thing, but then there is a bigger picture. I want you to say that out loud. There's a bigger picture. There's a bigger picture. So disagreements are a part of a growing family. Yes. When you think about how all of us are extremely different, all of us bring our differences to the table, whether it be natural family or whether it be spiritual family, we all bring our differences to the table. Yeah. We think differently. We process differently. We see things differently differently. And I think what's important is that if you go ahead, ahead of time, realizing that someone has a different perspective, a different way of doing something, a different way of behaving, you, as a Dr. Jaquette said earlier, you don't allow the devil to surprise you. Because different is not bad. Yeah. Okay. Different is different. But there is a need to honor the difference in those that are around us versus looking at those individuals and getting teed off because they're different from you. So disagreements are going to happen. Yeah. I, can, I can just give you, that's a prophetic word for you. you, you it's going to happen. There's going to be moments that are going to happen that are going to try to make you offended. It's going to happen. But the reality is that you're actually only hurt by people you care about. Yeah. Think about it for a minute. Let's you meet somebody up on the street and they like you ugly. Like your mama, like and you we done. So what? We don't care. <laughs> your mama ugly. That's why she cross out. Like you, you just stop. go in and you, and you. Not that people cross out ugly. Please okay, stop. that was Please. really bad. Let me pull out. Yeah. So, uh, so it's important that you realize that as you're going through your journey, you might say that somebody might say it on the street. Now, if someone you really really care about came to you and was like you ugly. That could really hurt your feelings. Yeah. Now, some of you looking like, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would. 
it would really hurt your feelings from that perspective. Why? Because it's somebody you care about. What is the point of that? Is that anytime that you're putting yourself out there and you're taking the risk of doing family, either naturally or spiritually, you're going to have the potentiality of this happening. But we understand that it's because we're learning how to love each other better. Yeah. Brotherhood and sisterhood are lifelong commitments that God has called for each and every one of us to walk out and be. Somebody say lifetime commitments. Lifetime commitments. Yeah. And I like that you say the risk of family. The risk. Um, because a lot of times the family that we're born into, we feel like we have a lot less of a choice. you just like, this is the family that I got. Um, but that same sense of a lot less of a choice is actually the same sense of choice that you have when it comes to your spiritual family. God calls people to bodies yes. the same way he calls people to families. And so as God has called you to a spiritual family or to a spiritual house, God is allowing you to be in this family. And so instead of resisting, instead of resenting, we have got to begin to ask the question, why? Why exactly have you placed me in this family? Everybody's been placed into this family with a purpose and with a reason. And most of the time, the thing that irritates you the most, one of the things about that is you are one of the few people that notice it. The second thing is you usually have been called to shift the culture in that area. And so when you begin to see your eyes be open to these different things that are happening in your spiritual family, then it calls for us to go back to the one who sent us to this family and ask, how am I a part of changing the culture? How am I a part of shaping the culture? How am I a part of enhancing the culture? God, why am I here in this family? What is my role? What is my role to upgrade my brother? What is my role to upgrade my sister? What is my role to make sure that your plan that you have for this house, for this body of Christ prospers? And when we feel that we know why we're in a place, we are a lot less subject to the enemy's plucking. What does he do? He comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. And so as things are stolen from you in your spiritual family, it is of the devil. If as things are killed inside of you as a result of being part of a spiritual family, it is of the devil. As things are destroyed in you, meaning you lose hope or you lose faith in people, it's what the devil wants to do. He wants to try to taint your view of spiritual families. If there are people who have walked away from the church in record numbers in the last 10 years, why? Because the enemy has been successful. Because the enemy has stolen from them their spiritual family. Because the enemy has killed in them their dreams to have hopes of a spiritual family. Because the enemy has destroyed in them the need to connect with the body of Christ. But what we've got to do is we have to go back to the person who sent us here. He sent you here and he sent you for a reason. He sent you with your talents. He sent you with your gifts. He sent you with discernment. He sent you with love. He sent you with a gift of excellence. He sent you with a gift of healing. He didn't ask that you would come here and we're not as naive to think that you would come here as absolutely nothing and we're just supposed to pour, 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 pour into you. God brought you here for a reason. You have wells on the inside of you. This is not the well because we have a well. This is the well because you have a well inside of you. And if the devil can cap your well, then he can allow for the body to go dry and to go thirsty. But that is brotherhood. That is sisterhood that we drink from the well. So the greatest thing you could do, the greatest thing you could do is in any circumstance, get the mind of God on it. Get a clear understanding. You should know why you are here. At any moment, somebody should be able to ask you, why are you here? And here's the other part of it. It brings accountability. If you were to ask God why you're here and he told you a reason, that means that you're at least tied to that house until you see that come to fruition. At least. 
But a lot of times people don't ask why they're in a house because they want to leave the house whenever they feel like leaving the house. You said something. They don't want to actually be held accountable for the reason why God sent them to that house. People say, God sent me uh, to this church so that I could prophesy, so that I could grow as a prophet. But you don't want to be accountable and submit to the prophetic team. You're not even on the team. <laughs> Sorry. And it brings accountability. If you, don't, if you have no reason that God brought you here, then guess what? It leaves you open to do absolutely nothing. There's no pressure to serve on a team. There's no pressure to do outreach. There's no pressure to bring others in. There's no pressure to evangelize. It's just no pressure. Why? Because you haven't allowed God to give you a reason for being here. He would never send you here without a reason. Let me get real quick. Yeah. I know it's not my turn yet, but I have to say this. When God's put you in the right body, it's so important for you to know that pressure is a part of the process. Yes. So what happens, listen, what happens when pressure starts coming, people are like, I didn't feel this the other place I came from. Well, I can't speak for the other place. But what I can tell you that when you're in the right space, there's pressure that's going to come to your life. Why? When the pressure comes to your life, godly pressure comes to your life, is being sent to pull something out of you, to extract something out of you that God wants to put there. I want you to say out of your mouth, I embrace the pressure. I embrace the pressure. You didn't say it like you meant it. Say it out of your mouth loudly. I embrace the pressure. I embrace the pressure. The pressure is going to come, but it's not the devil sending the pressure. Yeah. It's not the enemy sending the pressure. It's God sending the pressure. And when you buck up against the pressure, you're bucking up against what God is trying to put you in. Say amen anyhow. It's so important that you grab a hold of that because I've seen that happen to people that we run from pressure. But that's also why people don't become anything in life. I said that. Because you running from pressure doesn't just happen inside of the local church. That running from pressure happens at your job. And so some of you have been at 20 jobs in two years. And it's not because you got fired. It's because you run from pressure. I'm going to go and finish. And even in a natural family. Yeah. And so I think that some people can be so quick to abandon their natural family. You were not born into that family by accident. You were not born into that family by happenstance. You have never been released to abandon your natural family. Never. God is not releasing you from your natural mother. He is not releasing you from your natural father. You have a responsibility to them to honor them and to honor them onto God. You have a responsibility to your brother, your natural brother. God has not called you to be an evangelist to the world while your natural family goes to hell. God has not called you to come in here and lay hands on each other and prophesy to each other and act like you're so spiritually mature, but your natural cousins, brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews are dying in their sin. Your family is your ministry. You can't come in here and bro and sis people because you like them today. You have been born into that family line. You have been born into that generation to make a difference. And even now, we call for repentance to come upon you who think that you could walk in ministry, who think that you could answer the call of God and ignore the call that he's called to you to Mm. your family. And we repent for abandoning those who we share a bloodline with. Yes. God has a ministry inside of you. Never think that you are above or you have advanced so much where you have the right to even put your mouth on your family to judge. As you open your mouth on your natural family, it should be prayer and declaring what the Lord has for them. And if it causes separation, still pray. Some people say, well, I didn't have a choice. You always have a choice to pray. It is a relationship. And so we have to make sure that we are not experiencing unnecessary wilderness. Some of us have called ourselves to a wilderness season. 
You called yourself into the wilderness, not because community oh, left you, but because you left community. You left community with your emotions. You left community by not being transparent. You left community by not being honest. You left community by being offended. You left community by stepping outside of what God had for you. Community didn't leave you. Community has been here for you. And guess what? No matter how many times you walk away from your spiritual family, the spiritual family that God has for you, we will remain. We will remain. You can curse us. You can slander us. You can say what you will. But if you have been called to this family, I don't care how far you run, we will always be here for you. We will have open arms. We will have your robe. We will have your ring. And we will have all the Affirmation that God has for you. Why? Because this is not my family. This is God's family. family. And when you understand that this is God's family, you have the responsibility to handle his family the way that he wants his family handled. And so you don't get to pronounce yourself in a wilderness season saying you're all alone and you have nobody. Open your eyes and ask God, for the family that he has placed you in. Open your eyes and ask God how you gain access to what he's placed in front of you. We are a reciprocal organism. Mm. What does that mean? The reciprocal. Y'all know about the reciprocal, right? Amen, two fists, flip it over, five halves. Okay, amen. It's all right. It's all good. It's okay. Yeah, reciprocal. So what we do is it goes back and forth. Two-way street. Hey, a two-way street. There you go. So when you're in a family, and it's really easy because we hear messages on brotherhood, we hear messages on sisterhood, and you're like, dang, that sounds really good. I never got that. What this actually should ignite in you is to make a reflection of what you've actually been, not what you've gotten. Listen. And so you don't get to hear messages on brotherhood and sisterhood, hear messages on community, and think about what you didn't receive. You get to think about what you didn't give. And as you worry about what you're giving, you never have to worry about receiving. Why? Because God is true to his word. He said there will always be seed time and harvest. He don't need you to worry about harvest as long as you worry about seed time. You worry about seed time and he'll take care of the harvest. You worry about being a brother and he'll give you brothers. You worry about being a sister, he'll give you sisters. Why? Because he is faithful to his word. And this is how we do God's family. Yeah. And when you're doing family, I think that's your The importance is honor. Yeah. Honor is the key. And I have to jump into this because from this perspective, a lot of times we're thinking about both natural and spiritual. And we think, how many of you got some real just crazy natural family members? They're just nuts. Some of you, some of you lying and won't raise your hand, but you got them. Because everybody got somebody in their family that's crazy. No, not a lie. Um, (laughs) And and what happens is sometimes we feel like we honor people because they are behaving in a way that's honorable. Yeah. But that's not how honor works. Yeah. Honor is never earned. Yeah. Honor is given as a gift. Yeah. So you're not honoring your family members because they are amazing. They're doing right. They were kind to you. That's not why you honor them. You honor them because they're God's creation. Period. Yeah. That's how they receive honor. And you give that honor because when you give honor, you get the most out of them. When you dishonor them, you are now putting yourself in a place where you're not going to get all that you could receive from them because you don't pour out honor. So the same is for your spiritual family. You may meet someone, you're like, they rubbed me the wrong way. And that's usually the people that have the most for you that God wants to do something you're supposed to receive from them. Yep. Y'all ain't said amen on that. But, but, but a lot of times it's the people like, mm, that's the way, I don't know. It's just the way she said it. And that's somebody that's probably have something locked inside of them for your life. And what the enemy is allowed is for you to have that barrier so you end up missing out on the breakthrough. Yeah. Because I give you this, the breakthrough's not coming from the stage. The breakthrough is coming from the chairs. Y'all hear me? It's the day of the saints. I said it's coming from the chairs. Yeah. And God is releasing something from somebody who's sitting next to you, stuff that you'll never get from the pulpit. Yeah. Say amen. Amen. All amen. right. And so we've got to press into that honor. 
And as we've talked about brothers and sisters, we've got to press into this concept of mothers and fathers. Yeah. Mothers and fathers. Here's the truth. We have all been called at some point in our journey to be mothers and fathers in the body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, the Lord has been on this very strongly for our church. Um, he sent at least two prophets that have emphasized that um, to our church recently in the past four months. The importance of us understanding how we're a house with that mother and that father nature. And that we're designed to be able to make sure that that mother and father nature breathes out. There's more than one mother and father inside of a house. Yes. There's many mothers and many fathers who take on this portion of making sure that they're connected and they're making sure that they're pouring. Mothers and fathers want their children to be healthy yep. and get close to the father. They want them to be healthy. Somebody say healthy. Healthy. When we're talking about health, we're talking about holistically. That mother and father and anointing will get all into your business because it will not only get into are you reading your Bible and what's happening with you praying, it'll also get to how are you healthy mentally. It'll also get to how you're healthy physically. Say amen. Amen. The right people in your life will talk to you about the fact that you, you know, you put on 35 in Corona. And that we got to work on that. Say amen. Amen. All right. Amen. And so when we think about mothers and fathers, I know some people reserve that for a pastor or reserve it for a leader, but it really has nothing to do with that as much as it has to do with the nature, what God has called us to do one to another. And so this is the way that every advancement, every breakthrough that you've had in your life, somebody can always learn from that experience. When we think about the nature of a mother, what does a mother do? Um, now, when I ask that question, I personally am a mother of four, um, and so what does a mother not do? Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but when we think about in general um, and reading biblically about the nature of a mother, a mother feeds her children. Your literal body has been fashioned and formed to feed your children. In a spiritual sense, a spiritual mother or the nature of a spiritual mother is to feed the children. Wow. Feed them what? To feed them the word of God. The other thing that a mother does is she cares for her children in the most general sense of the word. Whatever it is that they need, she is sensitive to the cares of her children. Discernment is not for you to know people's business and to be able to rightly divide and oh. do nothing with the information. How does a mother know? Because a mother just knows. You don't have to smell like it. She don't have to have proof. But a mama, a mama always know. She know. Why? Because it's in her nature. But God does not give moms that nature just to have that knowing and do nothing with it. As you are spiritually mothering, as you take on the nature of the mother that God has called you to, then you are becoming sensitive to the needs of others. You are becoming sensitive to the emotions, the cares, the concerns, the woes, the eels, the battles of other people, and you are there to care for their spirit, to care for their soul. The other thing that a mother does is she teaches a child right from wrong. It is the same thing when you talk about spiritual mothering. Yeah. A newborn child always needs guidance in the process of sanctification, in the yeah. process of salvation. And in the same way in the natural, if an orphan or a child does not receive proper mothering, they do not exhibit the characteristics of somebody who is their typical age. And so you see a 10-year-old who doesn't act like a 10-year-old. Why? Because they were not properly mothered. They were not properly fathered. It's the same way in the body. And so we have to be sensitive to people. Why? Because they they may not always be where you expect them to be. And if God has blessed you with the nature and the knowing, then guess what? He has blessed you with the capacity to meet their needs. Yeah, when you talked about that, I think about Naomi Ruth. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't at all a natural thing. It was not her mother. Yeah. And the natural, it was her mother-in-law. But she ends up taking on this relationship to say, I'm going to show you the way. Yes. And then she takes on this thing that says, I'm going to be a receiver of what God is releasing your life, but it was a spiritual picture of what God will do and how we can receive from those that God has sent to us. I also begin to think about this movement out there right now 
called the Mother God Movement. Yeah. Sick of it. Um, so, you know, the idea behind it is if there's a father God, there got to be a mother God. If you don't mother, be quiet. It's not in the Bible. And if it's not in the Bible, we don't believe it. It's just as simple as that. Um, you know, we got 66 books to handle. And as we read in these 66 books, there is no mother God. And mother, nature is not mother. And it's, it's not, it, come on, Lord. Yeah. So and we, it just, it takes, the re, it takes yeah. away the value of a father. Yeah. And so the way that people have tried to do the mother God yeah. thing, because they think everything is supposed to be fair. Exactly. And oh, because it's this, then it should be this. Because we have this and it should have that. No, there is a value in a father and in a father God that is not what you get from a mother God. So you can try to entreat him as mother God, but you will not get Get all of Father God, which is how he is referenced. That's the order of the kingdom and the order of heaven. But it is just like the world to try to castrate our men on the natural earth trying because to they want to castrate our Father God. He is my father and he is not my mother. The Bible calls him Abba. Translated in our language, daddy. Yeah. There is a relationship with him. And we don't need to have everything else. We want what he makes available yes. to us. Yes. So what does a father do? First of all, I have to say one of the, my favorite hats that I wear, and I wear a lot of them in the planet, is that a father. I love my natural children and I love my spiritual children. And one of the things that I realized, the, the word father, um, one of the definitions for father is source of derivation. Yeah. It means it's the place where people derive, where they came from. Yeah. And so fathers are so important in our time. One of the things that fathers give is the source of identity and affirmation. If yes. you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes. Write this down. Uh, fathers should be a source of uh, identity and affirmation. I realize how important the words of a father are. Yeah. I can't just say any old kind of thing to my children because it will begin to shape for them how they view themselves and how they understand themselves. We have to be very careful both naturally and spiritually with the father nature to make sure that we're speaking forth words of affirmation. And this is why people can grow up with an excellent mother. Yep. Somebody who cares for them yeah. and still be in a full-blown identity crisis yeah. in the absence of a father. It's lacking the father nature. When the father nature is there, the affirmation is there. And, uh, and, it, and it's not always just finding stuff that you're great at. It's also helping to affirm what God has called you to do. Yes. Yes. So it's not just saying, oh, just the way you, you, you tie your shoes. I mean, that's just beautiful. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's helping you to understand what God placed inside of you. Yeah. It's helping you to understand what you've been made to be and to pull you into the greatest God idea for your life. Here's the other thing that fathers do. Write this down. Fathers provide for their children. Yeah. Some of us right now are challenged in understanding Abba, understanding Daddy God, and this is why. It's because of the natural things that we've experienced with the lack of provision from natural fathers. And so we've had a hard time receiving from God and receiving spiritually from other spiritual fathers from the perspective of provision. But this is one of the things that they provide. Spiritual fathers are going to provide for you. They are themselves a resource. Yeah. They provide language. Fathers provide language for your purpose and your destiny. When you're in the right spiritual family, you'll start hearing language and you're like, oh, I get it now. I haven't been able to put to words what it is that I was supposed to do and how I was supposed to manifest. But when I got into the right family, I began to hear the right language yeah. that comes from the father nature that helps to write or give that provision. Spiritual fathers are going to also provide, listen to this, they're going to provide the awakening of gifts. Yeah. They're going to cause, think about Paul and Timothy. Think about all of these relationships that existed that when you're in the right environment with the Father nature, that anointing, that grace, that thing inside of you is going to wake up. I want somebody to scream at the top of their lungs, wake up. Wake up. Y'all didn't scream. I said scream at the top of your lungs, wake up. When you get into the right environment, things are going to wake up on the inside of you. Now, here's your favorite part. This is what you're going to love. Write this down. Fathers give you correction. I told you you're going to love this. Correction and discipline as an expression of love. Yeah. The scripture says that Father God chastens those that he loves. 
if you don't receive correction, you have not received love. You've received a false example of love. So we've got to embrace the aspect of correction. Correction is for my good. Correction is for my upbuilding. Correction is to make sure that when I show up to the space God has called me to, I show up correctly. I'm showing up the best that I possibly can through the power of correction. Are you getting this? Yeah. We're not just talking about sin. We're not talking about sin. Um, we're talking about being sensitive to a person's feelings. It's being insensitive to their souls. I want to say that again. When, we, when we're, being, when we're we focusing on being more sensitive to people's feelings, we're being insensitive to their souls. So when, it, when, when someone is more concerned about your feelings get hurt, then they're not concerned about you growing up to be who God called you to be. Real correction will hurt your feelings and move on. Because life, y'all quiet on that. Life is not about feelings. Your feelings will jack you up. Yeah. Do y'all remember that fool that you was dating back in the day? You had feelings. I mean feelings. You look back on that and you was like, my feelings almost got me caught up. So it's important. Apostle Paul, listen, he was writing about sins in different letters to the church. And he says that a small leaven, the small leaven permeates the whole dough. A small sin can permeate the entire person or even the entire congregation. Correction helps us to move away from the ways of sin. Yeah, and real mothers and fathers yeah. are going to be concerned about your soul. Yeah. And so most um, mothers and fathers are not going to ignore destructive habits that you have just because overall they think you're a good person. So no, they are going to try to pinpoint the thing that has the potential to take you out. Wow. No matter how small it is, none of us are without sin. Which means that none of us are above getting our coattail yanked. It is unbelievable to me when people get offended at the thought that possibly somebody thought that maybe they were in sin. Who are you, Jesus? <laughs> if I ask you, if you had premarital sex on your date, guess what? I'm being a mother. You are not above sin. If I ask you about your personal habits, it is my right, but not just that, it is my duty. When you read in James 5, 16, what does it say? Confess your sins. Confess some things. One to another. Why? And pray. And pray for one another that you may be healed. I can't, I don't want to pray for you and a job promotion. When you are struggling with depression, it is twisted to keep your real struggles to yourself. What are we doing? We are praying amiss. We are praying out things that are not on the front line. What sense does it make for me to know that one, two, three, four, five devils are after you and I'm just praying your general strength in the Lord? No, 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 no. You don't need a general strength prayer. <laughs> I need to know exactly what is after your soul. Your brothers and sisters, they need to know exactly what is after your soul. I don't want you to pray for me. Just God bless me. I need you to pray for specific things. Yes. So when you are asked what's going on with you, tell it. Confess your sins one to another. The next time somebody asks you how you doing, give them your last sin update. But you know who wants you to shut up? The, the devil. devil. You so worried whoa, about whoa, somebody whoa. judging you. You so worried about somebody thinking bad of you. Guess what? As long as the devil can shut you up that he can make sure that something is blocking between you and your deliverance. You are one prayer away from being free. You are literally one prayer away from being free. And guess what? God sends the right ones to ask you how you're doing. Ooh, 
Last night, I got a text at what, 12.05? I mean midnight. And they asked me to pray because they were having anxiety sleeping. I've been praying myself through the same thing. The exact same symptoms. And what did we do? Prayed one for another. But it took somebody opening up their mouth. Now, you're a little more open with, your, with stuff like that because you feel like, well, maybe I didn't do anything, right? <laughs> so you're like, okay, well, yeah, I'll share stuff like that. No, you got to share it all. Why? Because most likely the people who God has put around you, you are one, two people removed from somebody who is just Ooh. two steps ahead in the very same journey. They already got breakthrough from yeah. that. They already received wholeness from that. Man, They're already good. on the other side of that. So why? The Bible tells us confess your sins one to another. You know what the world says? The world says that's between you and your God. Well, I appreciate that, but the problem with the world is they don't know God. So they can't tell me how a relationship with God works. They can't tell me how the church works. They can't tell me how my spiritual family works. What does the world want you to do? The world wants you to repent in private and not say anything and know that God knows your heart. He does. And let me tell you what he said about your heart in case you didn't know. The Lord said that your heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? That's what the books say. That's what God thinks of your heart. So I know the world wants you to know that God knows your heart, and he does. They were right about that part. He knows that it's deceitfully wicked. So what if he called you to do? To confess your sins one to another. Every time you have conversation Whoa, with a believer, it should be a, just a sin session. It'd be like, girl, then I lied, and then I cheated. And then I was over here judging people. You just got to pray for me because I know you prayed me through something last year or last week, but it's something new this week, girl. Now I didn't pick up lying. I don't know what it is. <laughs> picked it up. But that's how the spiritual family works. You know why you've been a part of churches before and not gotten everything you needed? Because the devil tainted it. That's what he did. You know why you've been a part of the church body for all this time, all these years, and haven't gotten what you needed? Because the devil tainted it. If we would be daring enough to do exactly what his word says, then he might actually be able to produce from the spiritual family what he has called us to produce. Everybody needs mothers and fathers. We are those who have been called to Christ, not just for ourselves, but if you are in a safe family, and some people haven't experienced a safe family. So this whole concept of a spiritual family telling your sin and all that kind of stuff, you are broken. You're broken. And that's why you feel like you cannot trust the church. That's why you feel that you cannot trust each other. Because you're broken. His church is not broken. People are broken. And if you would commit to wholeness, then his church could commit to exactly what they've been called to do. You are broken. You have been called to be made whole. And you have been called to be a mother and a father in the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Lastly, and we'll... And we'll We'll finish the rest of this next week. We thought we were going to finish, but we didn't. We'll finish the rest of this next week. But lastly, I want to say this to you. I want you to grab this about fathers and mothers. They help you grow in intimacy with God. Yeah. They help you grow in intimacy with God. It's not the idea of just going to church. It's great. Happy to have it here on the lawn. But if you're here and you're not growing in intimacy with God, then what you've experienced is this idea of just attendance, but you're not experiencing real breakthrough and change yeah, yeah. because that only comes through the knowing of God. Real fathers and mothers, people who carry that father nature, that mother nature, help people to find their identity. We talked about that earlier. Helps you to understand that not only are you loved, but you're seen by God. Can I say that to somebody out here today? Yeah. God loves you and he sees you. And you matter to him. You're not just another number. You're not just another individual. 
And God has also created a church, created a church family, a spiritual family where you're not just another number. You're loved, you're seen, you're important, you matter. And the enemy will love to be able to convince you that you don't. He would love to be able to convince you that you're just here. But God wants you to know that you matter. Father and mothers, that nature, help people walk in their destiny. They take hold of their inheritance in the Lord. There's something that God has made available for you. There's an inheritance with your name on it. And when you get into the right environment, you can lay hold of that inheritance and manifest what God has designed for you to be. You didn't hear nothing we said today. All of us need spiritual family. It's not just a desire. There's a need inside of you for the right family. It's called the household of faith. The household of faith. What God has called for brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers to operate and live with each other and to, to grow and become who God has designed us to be. God wants you to embrace family. I want everybody to stand with me. Right, right where you are, I want you simply to lift your hands before the Lord. And I want to pray against every barrier and everything that would try to stop you from embracing your family. I, I want to pray against every single thing that's in your life that would try to stop you from receiving spiritual family. While your hands are lifted, while your hands are lifted, I just want you to tell God this, God, I trust you. Come on, say it again. God, I trust you. Come on, say, God, I trust you. Why do I have you tell him that? Because if you trust God, you're going to trust where he sent you. You're going you're gonna to learn how to trust the people that he placed around yes. you. And you're not going to allow the barriers of distrust to come. God, I trust you. Tell them again, God, I trust you. you. Come on, say it again. God, I trust you. So while your hands are lifted, Father, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. And I pray for them tonight, Lord God, that every single barrier that the enemy is trying to rise up to stop them from embracing family and receiving everything they could from spiritual family. We utterly destroy it right now in the name of Jesus. We shut off the noise of the enemy's voice. We shut off the noise of the enemy's voice right now in the name of Jesus. But we welcome the voice of Abba. Hallelujah. We welcome the voice of Abba. We welcome your voice, Daddy God, to be able to be released in the hearts of your children. I thank you, Lord God, that the orphan spirit, yes, the orphan spirit, spirit is being broken right now in the name of Jesus but I thank you Lord God you have called us sons and daughters but not only have you called us sons and daughters you have called us brothers and sisters and not only have you called us brothers and sisters you've called us mothers and fathers and I thank you father for what it is that you're stirring on the inside of us and I pray right now God that this grace for family this nature of family begins to awaken on the inside of us in a very unique and special way and so God right now we just pray against all dysfunction and we pray God that the dysfunctional ways that we were taught the dysfunctional ways that we experienced all of the dysfunction that we took on as normal we break the ties with dysfunction right now in the name of Jesus God we realize that in many ways being on this natural earth we have been broken but we are open to being mended today we are open to being made whole today teach us God teach us all over again we come to you in humility God and we ask God Father teach us how to be sons God father teach us how to be daughters God father teach us how to be mothers God father teach us how to be fathers and we agree oh God that we will let go of all offense we will let go of dysfunction we will let go of brokenness God and we say allow us to forgive today without an apology Allow us to forgive today without an apology. Go ahead and take a deep breath right there. Take a deep breath right there. And without an apology, forgive. It's holding you back. It's holding you back. The replay, the resentment, the bitterness, the worry, the trauma, the 
the skepticism, it is holding you back. The only way that you can lay a hold of a family the way that God has created it is to allow yourself to forgive and be made over. God, build us all over again. Build us all over again. Build us all over again. Make us sisters all over again. Make us brothers all over again. Come on, God. We know that you can do it. You have designed family as a gift, a gift that will always give, a gift that will always model. And now we say, God, our Father, Jesus, our older brother, God, our Father, Jesus, our brother, God, our Father, Jesus, our brother, teach us lessons. Teach us lessons. And we pray, God, for those who have become hard in their hearts. There are those today who are simply hard in their hearts. And you've heard these series of messages and you have made a commitment you have made a vow that the way that you've been thinking and the way that you've been operating has been right and there's no need to change it. Some of you have literally made that vow. I am coming to you today with a sign saying that God has heard that vow and he wants to break that covenant with hell today. You have not been right. You have been wrong in your thinking. You have not been right to be guarded. You are not at risk. God says you are safe. You are safe. You are safe. God says for every hurt, for every burden, for every friction, for every disagreement that will happen in his house he's got you and he wants you to know that though you take a risk it's the same risk I took on you the same risk that I took on you I want you to take that risk on the spiritual family and I promise you that the same way you have disappointed me as my child says the father no disappointment that you've ever made will ever overcome the plan that I have for your life and so he says children trust me he says children obey me he says children follow me I got your heart I will take care of your heart I will take care of your heart I will not leave you I will not forsake you I will not allow for you to be mistreated I will not allow for you to be abused but you also cannot lay hold of what I have for you unless you trust me wholeheartedly unless you follow me wholeheartedly and so our response to your word today is yes God yes God come on would you just lift up your hands and submit to what he wants to do just submit to what he wants to do in his family. He's called you to this family. Go ahead and just allow him to speak to you directly. Someone just said he doesn't talk to me. Yes, he does. Press. Wow, that was amazing. Agreed. We want you to stay connected with All Nations San Bernardino. Do not let the uplifting stop here. Join us on Facebook or Instagram for more amazing content. We want to connect with you. And guess what? If you're in town or even out of town, come visit us at All Nations San Bernardino all the way live.